0: U.S. stocks punch higher on the back of interest rate hopes. And Aussie shares expected to open higher on Tuesday with consumer and business surveys in focus. I'm Tom. And I'm Ryan. It's Tuesday, June 13. Welcome to the Comsec Market Update.
1: Ryan, I'm excited. Why is that time. Oh, it's such a big week when it comes to central bank decisions. I thought you were just excited about the fact that Collingwood lost. Yeah, well, that's always, I think that's generally a positive for most AFL followers. Um, apologies to the Collingwood brethren, kind of, not really. Um, but look, <laughs> the reality is, and, you know, whenever I start talking about this sort of stuff at home, I don't get any engagement. Your missy's not interested. She's not, could not be Couldn't. less. It's, it's like, in fact, if. Um, I want her to stop listening to me. This would be the perfect way to do it, talk about uh, what I'm doing at work. But nonetheless, such an important week for the markets. The performance of Wall Street overnight, suggestive, that likelihood of a pause. So at this stage, there is a 70% chance that the US Federal Reserve will be holding on interest rates when they decide on Thursday morning, and that seemed to be reflective where stocks are concerned, the Nasdaq up 1.5%, the S&P 500 up 0.9% and the Dow Jones up 0.6%, ending at session highs. Quite an upbeat note.
0: We did see a very upbeat note on Monday. S&P 500 topped its really closely watched 4,325 mark for the first time in a while. And what we have now seen is the S&P 500 now recover 21%. From its October twenty twenty two low, so we're officially in a bull market. Tom, it's hard to believe, and it's fascinating, isn't it?
1: So there have been so many headwinds, and for the moment, it seems like you know they have been resolved to an extent. There is no question that the technology piece is so important in terms of the way it's looking forward. And uh, overnight, for example, we had an important organisation in that space. The Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company had an update at the end of last week, and they had some encouraging figures in relation to revenue, the best since January. Their uh, year-on-year revenue is still down, but they have just built a new packaging processing plant that is going to you know, help in terms of getting chips out. They were very complimentary about the positive influence of AI and what it means for, for chip demand. It wasn't all that long ago where... The chip picture was a vastly different proposition. So uh, this organisation uh, doing quite well overnight, up by about f- uh, 4%. And the semiconductor index that we look at very closely, the Philly Semiconductor Index, was up by more than
0: 3% overnight. Well, we did see advanced micro-devices shares rally as multiple analysts raised their price targets on that chip maker, And that seems to be a recurring theme at the moment. We also saw Broadcom shares lift 6.3%. On reports that chipmaker was set to gain conditional EU antitrust approval for its 61 billion US dollar acquisition of cloud computing firm VMware, and something that you uh, might hear
1: of from time to time if you dip in and out of the markets is that you might hear analysts talking about the breadth of participation when it comes to an improvement in the share market. And that is quite important because the more people that you have involved or the broader spread of stocks that you have involved in a move higher, uh, the more encouraging that looks in terms of its sustainability. And last night, Ryan, some
0: of those cruise line stocks were just off the scales, the kids say. We did see carnival shares rally 12.5%. It topped the S&P 500. We know the S&P 500 hit a 13-month high. The stock was upgraded by J.P. Morgan and Bank of America. And that's really on that demand momentum in the cruise industry. So those stocks, the Norwegian and and Carnival cruise liners were under enormous pressure during the pandemic. Regularly would sit there and they'd be at the bottom of the S&P 500 day after day with lockdowns and all the issues associated with COVID. But they're making a bit of a comeback at the moment, Tom. Yeah, They're trading like South
1: American debt which can be quite volatile. But uh, in all seriousness, it's a an, quite an important week. Uh, the US Federal Reserve decision will be, of course, influenced by what we see in the next two sessions. So tonight we've got the CPI figures out, and then the following session we have producer inflation numbers
0: out. Those numbers are so important as to what happens on Thursday morning. Well, certainly the consumer price index out of the United States tonight is going to be one to watch. and. The expectation really is for a fairly modest uptick in prices, particularly for the headline number, just 0.1% for the month of May. That would take the annualised number down from 4.9% to 4.1%, so there'd be a bit of a sigh of relief from some people. But more importantly, if you strip out those volatile energy and food prices, the core number is expected to lift by 0.4% with the annualised number easing to 5.2%, but that's still well above the US Federal Reserve's 2% target. So that does really keep them on watch, Tom.
1: It does. So that's why you will hear an expression in the next couple of days, quite a bit probably, a hawkish pause. So uh, even if the central bank does decide to leave rates on hold this week, it will just be a ceasefire rather than the end of the war on inflation, Ryan. And what I find interesting, and I apologies to people who perhaps are still sort of getting up to speed with our conversation, but uh, this is a little bit inside baseball. Uh, the U.S. government has regular Treasury auctions where they uh, basically sell government debt. I'm fascinated by the way that they have timed Treasury auctions for this year, of this week rather, uh, in terms of everything that's going on with the central bank
0: decision. Well, there tends to be a deluge for some reason around the US Federal Reserve's decision-making, which is really interesting. Last night we saw the Treasury sell $40 billion of three-year notes and $32 billion of 10-year notes, but the overall outcome was fairly mixed, and we did see a very subdued response in bond markets overnight, perhaps in advance of these inflation numbers.
1: And I suppose that, that was the point that I really wanted to get to, was that uh, in amidst everything that is happening this week, you had... Uh, interest rates incredibly well behaved. They were like very much indoor cats rather than those feral outdoor animals that you can see from time to time. So a uh, 10-year government bond at 3.74%. That was unchanged on this session. Uh, two-year Treasury notes just dipping a little bit lower to 4.58%. But doubtless, uh, they will be the center of attention in the next two sessions.
0: Well, what we did see on Monday was consumer inflation expectations paired back over the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. So they eased from 4.4% in April to 4.1% in May. That's the lowest since March 2021. So it seems like consumers might be getting on board with the slowing in inflation at last as well in the United States.
1: Indeed. And it's important to
0: point out that these surveys
1: of inflationary expectations are as important as any other measure in the conversation around the outlook for inflation because household perceptions around what's going to happen with inflation are so important in relation to consumer behaviour. If you think inflation is going to be high and interest rates are going to be high, uh, then you will alter your behaviour. In fact, you may even be
0: encouraged to save, Ryan. Is
1: that in vogue, do you think? Well, uh, it's
0: it's the logic because term deposit rates are now higher with higher interest rates and What will be interesting on this front, Tom, will be at the end of the week, we get an update on retail spending in the US, and we're already seeing the impact of higher interest rates and cost of living pressures and the like on consumer spending in America, and retail spending is expected to be flat to falling in the month of May, so that's something to look out for, and that does relate to your comments about inflation expectations. Indeed. So. Just looking ahead, the futures
1: have responded reasonably well to what we saw on Wall Street. The uh, ASX 200 is expected to kick off with a gain of 0.4 per cent, just under a half of one per cent. The blemish, if you like, on today's performance will likely come out of the energy sector because oil prices have fallen by a pretty decent margin overnight. We saw the US and European benchmarks down. By around 4% so what I find fascinating Ryan within this landscape is that you've had you know those very sort of solemn words from OPEC that short as beware well we've got you in our sights if you start shorting oil um, yet they've really
0: fobbed their nose at the uh, Saudis well, we did see the Saudi production cuts announced as well recently but it hasn't helped at all and and certainly today energy shares Beach energy, crew and energy and the like will be under pressure. And that's largely because we had an, an update from the analysts at Goldman Sachs. They had they've a,
1: lowered their forecast.
0: They have. So they lowered their forecast on Sunday for crude oil. They're citing higher than expected supplies later this year and through 2024. Of course, at the same time, they've got concerns about Chinese demand at the moment with higher interest rates and a slowing global economy. And what they're now forecasting is the December crude price to be at 86 bucks a barrel for Brent. That's down from 95 bucks and 81 bucks for the US crude price down from 89 bucks. So that really pulled the rug from under the oil market. It did.
1: I mean, Sunday evening is an interesting time to release a forecast. Don't people at Goldman have a life? Do, do they go to work all weekend, seven days? I don't, I don't think that's the lens to look at it, Ryan. The right. young ladies and young gentlemen at Goldman's are hard workers and they are obviously you know putting these reports out before they watch nfl on sunday afternoon and tuck into a few hot dogs nba finals are just on sharpen too. a pencil on a few forecasts what a great way to spend sunday arvo so i suppose given that ryan the question is are we going to see headwinds for the broader commodity space
0: so you know oil in some respects is a leading indicator in that regard well, oil was down, we saw gold down slightly, and iron ore futures fell by 1.6% to 111.14 US dollars a ton. Iron ore has been performing very well lately, but once again, Goldman Sachs came out and they warned <laughs> about persistent weakness in China's property market, so we did see iron ore fall back. Today, champion iron shares trade ex-dividends, so they're likely to be lower. Last month, the miner released its full-year results and declared an 11.3 cents per share final dividend, so... That is something to look out for, but of course BHP and Rio Tinto, you'd expect, will be under pressure along with Fortescue Metals today. And one other thing to look out for today, Tom, is we've got the business and consumer confidence surveys from Westpac and NAB, so there'll be a lot of discussion about how consumers are feeling pressured at the moment about the cost of living and interest rate situation.
1: So Ryan, what I'm trying to do less of is coming over the top of you because... um odd listener has complained that I interrupt you. So uh, just quickly back to iron ore and its fortunes that are closely linked to the Chinese property market because obviously when you build a skyscraper you're going to need plenty of uh, steel and form work and the property sector constitutes about a third of the overall demand picture as far as Chinese iron ore is concerned. So that's why Analysts look very carefully at what goes on in the Chinese
0: property sector. And certainly we are coming into the summer lull in China when it comes to steel demand and and certainly the restocking and inventory situation as well. In terms
1: of uh, today, we've got the uh, Aussie dollar not doing all that much, actually, although having said that, it's 67.5 US cents. It's at its best levels in about a month, and it will likely be influenced
0: by everything that happens this week on interest rates. Indeed, we get updates out of China in particular this week. As far as its economy is concerned, we get production, retail, spending and fixed asset investment, which could sway the needle when it comes to the Aussie dollar. But of course, the US inflation and policy decision on interest rates will probably overwhelm China's economic activity data. Indeed,
1: it's a short week,
0: but it packs a big punch. Can't wait to, uh,
1: to get through it with you, Ryan. Thanks for uh, your company. Absolute pleasure, Tom. Have a great day.